This is the podcast of Christian Life Center, an Assemblies of God Church in Springfield, Massachusetts. For more information, visit our website at clc413.com. It's my privilege to introduce our guests tonight, John and Brenda Flower who serve as representatives all across the Northeast, Appalachia, and the Great Lakes region, working with missions leaders in the 13 networks, as well as with pastors and church missions teams and North Point Bible College. They're going to share with you a bit about what the Lord has called them to do, a ministry project called Freedom Works. And uh, Brenda is going to be talking to you a bit about, about that tonight. And so first, I'm going to invite Brenda, who's going to come and share. Then we have a video for you, and, uh, and then we'll take it from there. So Brenda, we're delighted to have you here. May the Lord richly bless you. Welcome. Oh, wow. This is just such a blast from the past. Um, we, this was our church for five years before we moved to New Jersey many moons ago, 32 years ago, we moved to New Jersey. <laughs> and I look at Alicia with her three little ones, and that's, uh, that's the ages ours were at when we left. Um, we had three little boys, they'd run around this church, and, and one day, this is off script, but I gotta tell you, it's so cute, it used to be a door right there under the nursery area, anybody remember that? <laughs> and one day the service was going on and apparently our oldest son Johnny was about I don't know three four years old at the time he decided he was going to lead a Jericho march pretty much out of the nursery and I don't know what the nursery workers were doing but they didn't notice until it was too late out he marched he was leading it and all the little toddlers they're all behind him and they're it was just so cute it was adorable. <laughs> so we have some really fond memories of this wonderful, wonderful place. Um, the Lord's really called John and I later in life into missions. We came out of business backgrounds and thought we were taking an early retirement. We thought we were going to be like, you know, really young in our 50s and be retired and just kind of enjoy life. And um, the Lord had other plans. And uh, so about 12 years ago, we had this calling, we felt this strong calling to take the rest of our earthly days and uh, invest full-time in missions, our lives. Um, and he has it's been an interesting journey, but we always say that everything in our lives, our business backgrounds, our connections, even in the church world, everybody that we knew and um, has prepared us for what we're doing right now, that this is it. And um, no matter what, the, you know, we needed to change our lives, we, we really condensed our lives, um, came from corporate world down to, to really, you know, we know what it's like to abound and we know what it's like to, to have nothing. Uh, take this any day. Um, and it's been well worth um, just for one soul. But there's been many, many more that the, our ministry uh, the Lord has really been, it's flourishing right now. So the Lord has called us to something very unique, um, Freedom Works. Basically, we come alongside a wonderful Assembly of God uh, Indian ministry team in northwest India near the Pakistani border. And this is a very odd area in that um, there's an unreached people group there. Um, and dwelling in 25 plus, still discovering some, uh, there may be up to 35, 40 of what's called brothel villages. And the main economy of those villages is the sale of their daughters in their own homes on a daily basis. And uh, it's been going on for generations. Um, and it's not something you change overnight. However, the Lord has called us to the woman at the well ministry model. And um, these ladies are coming to know Jesus. They're coming out to our community center every day. It's called Hope Village. They're meeting Jesus. They're going back to their village uh, where their kids are, where their families are. So they still go back there. They live there. But what's cool is the village is transforming. Some of the men are transforming. We, I, personally, I didn't see that coming. It was the women we were concerned with. But the, the men need Jesus too. And that cycle has to be broken. And so they're coming to Jesus. 
um, transforming. We have old gentlemen, we have young men that are starting to come to Christ, and we're just seeing tremendous um, transformations of their lives. And, um, you know, this, this little sorry quilt, this is a half-size one. I have a few of these at the table. It's one of the things that um, rescued women make. And actually, it's for vintage, which means used, um, recycled saris. And there's two on the inside you don't see. So what they do is they, they're, they're kind of like our ladies were, cast off, abused, torn, um, stained, dirty when we get them. Then they're washed and washed and washed. They're patched. And then these four layers are put together and they're lovingly stitched. And by the time they get done a week later with this, it's a work of art. And there's no two alike. So when they're, when they're all done with this work of art, they get to sign their name to it. I don't know where that little white... I usually have my assistant up here. <laughs> they get to sign their name to it because it's a work of art. Um, and so it's just all part of their healing, their therapies. The fact that they could produce something beautiful, and you know what? This is a picture of them because they are beautiful. And the healing and the beauty of Jesus that's coming out in their lives... God's work is always teamwork. And we are a privilege to be a part of the body of Christ. The Bible says that one day, when everything's done on this earth, that there will be an accounting. And when that accounting occurs, those who have sown are going to reap the benefits along with those who have done the harvesting. We as a church may not be able to physically touch those who are in the country of India that desperately need help. But we have an opportunity to be able to invest. And through your investment, you can make a difference. Let us now give, and would you warmly welcome John Flower as he comes to minister a word from the Lord. John, we're glad you're here tonight. Okay. All right. Let me just get situated here. I don't, you know, I've got a road to Damascus experience going on right now. Yes, Lord. I, I, oh, that's just a spotlight. I like to connect with the people I'm speaking with, so I can't look at those lights. Uh, it's a delight to be here. I was just kind of reminiscing with many friends from days gone by and some new ones, and I, I'm sorry I didn't get to this side of the room. This side over here was buttonholing me. But what a delight to be here. I used to sit right over here and play my trombone. I have some great memories. I was a deacon. I was on the board here at, at Christian Life Center. And uh, I texted my son as we were, uh, he's in L.A. He got transferred there to L.A. And, and uh, I was in a hotel in North Providence, and we were te texting each other to stay in touch with the game. And, I, and he said, where are you? And I told him, and I said, well, guess where we'll be tomorrow night? I said, Christian Life Center. He goes, oh, Dad, I have great memories of Christian Life Center. I don't know if he specifically remembered the Jericho March coming out of the side of the room over there, but he just came marching out of that, out of that room and had the whole trail of kids and toddlers along with him. But it's a delight to be here. And God has placed Christian Life Center right here in this part of the city for a purpose. And he has placed you here to help get this accomplished as well. God has given me a special word for you tonight. I pray that your hearts be open to it. It's kind of a special assignment. Brenda spoke to the, to the ministry side of things. And my task is to communicate to you about faith promise and the importance of that. Um... My heart is full today, and I'm always moved by our video. 
Now, I'll tell you this, friends. The day I become anesthetized to this bondage and this evil is the day I will leave the mission field. I never want to get so used to what that is and the importance of how God has placed us to be there physically. But he's also called you to be a part of that as well. Pastor just said that you may not have that opportunity to go to India with us, but definitely we need to be connected with email so you get our newsletter. And I'm going to speak to you tonight about the importance of giving. And there's a promise in God's word that I'm going to share with you. That's right there. And what it talks about is how you will share, as Pastor just said, in the same reward. You will see those Indian children. You will see those precious ladies and girls. Because in heaven, they will come running up to you. You won't know them. But they'll come running up to you and they'll say, Uncle, Auntie, thank you. Thank you. We're here in heaven because of your faithfulness and your obedience in giving. You're going to share in those same rewards, friends. I will give you that scripture verse in just a few moments. But I've kept my notes here because I want to stay on task here tonight. I think I have a PowerPoint there. What's, what's up there? You'll see a PowerPoint in a minute. You see, missions sometimes can be a nebulous cause. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a far-off continent somewhere. It's difficult to personalize it. We have missions emphasis like you're doing here. We have a missions banquet. We have posters on the wall and pictures on the wall and flags around and placemats and, and, and bands on our arm, every tribe, every nation. But see, that's a face right there of missions, but there's no name to it. And we need to personalize missions. We see here, as you saw in the video, a picture of Chelsea. You see her hands folded in praying in the morning devotions at Hope Village. She's 14 years old <clears throat> in this picture. See, you've got to remember that in the Hindu religion, they serve 330 million gods. In fact, in the state of Rajasthan, where we are, one of 28 states in India, 99.99%, what does that mean to you? But 99.99% of the people, 0.01% are Christian. The other 99.99 wake up every day and they serve 330 million gods. I'm going to tell you, and you know this, you, we sang a song, there's only one true God. If they serve 330 million gods, you know what we're talking about and what Paul was talking about in, in Ephesians chapter 6 when he said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Wrestle, the Greek word that Paul used there, wasn't a very, a very aggressive word. The Greco-Roman wrestlers, it was the same word that they used for their wrestling, which was very violent and strong, and they would get a hold of their opponent and choke them until they until they gave up. It was so strong, they could break the windpipe and they would die. It was an aggressive thing. And when Paul gives us that direction of wrestling, that's the battle that we need to be involved in against the powers of evil. And this is what we come up against in Rajasthan. In this next slide, you see uh, that Chelsea is on Brenda's right. Lakshmi is on Brenda's left. And to my knowledge, Brenny, Lakshmi is still pure, but in danger. 
of being exploited. But Chelsea's mother lied to us and has now begun selling her own daughter. In this next slide, you see her workstation there at Hope Village. This is where she joyfully twisted those hanks of cotton strip yarn into skeins. But empty is that workstation now. Her apron hangs there next to her name. Can you see it in the left-hand corner? Left, my left, yes. And I remember the day we gave them little Sharpies so that they could sign and personalize their little workstations, being in the presence of the joy of the Lord and Hindi worship music playing and being ministered to with, with all of their... And I remember she was so proud that, that she could write in... Usually they wrote in Hindi their name, but she wrote Chelsea right there. I remember that day as clear as a bell. But now the smile is gone and the innocence is lost. And in this next slide you see, as we were traveling through the village one day looking for her, she saw us and that's her workstation now. She ran off ashamed. There's uncle and auntie. She ran off. This is where she gets exploited. That's her workstation I won't elaborate any more on that. I think you get the picture. See, there's a face with a name, Chelsea. I want to personalize missions to you in that way. Is that okay? That's Chelsea. That's the abased. And that's the reality of it. But I don't want to leave you down and depressed. Let me share a testimony about the abounding. Can I do that? Because God is on the throne, and there's hope, and he's on the giving hand, and there's restoration. In this next slide, you see Chandra Shikar. He's the elder's son of a nearby brothel village, and he's destined to lead that village one day. And the father, who you see in this photo right here, came to us and met with us, and he said, my son has just finished 12th level. And he has no hope for the future. And I don't want him to be raised in this filth. Now this was the village elder that had opposed us and persecuted us for years. Was now being softened by the consistency of the testimony. And as we talked with him in his home, he asked us if there was any way that we could help Chandra get a college education in the city. And the Lord spoke to my heart. And looking at Brenda, I saw the same quickening that we would sponsor this young man somehow. Then we prayed with him. We see that in the next picture. We prayed with him and blessed them in their home. Today, Chandra lives in the city on the campus of the Bible school. In the influence of all of that, gets up every day at 6 a.m. and attends prayers turning his life over to Jesus Christ. I remember the first power night, which is every Friday night, where people come and we have deliverance there for all kinds of infirmities and diseases and demonic oppression and possession. And I remember Chandra, he's like six foot two. He's a tall young man. And he was sitting right in the front. And he's just standing there as all of this is going on, as the power and the presence of the Lord was active in the, in the church that night, as people were being set free and delivered and healed, demonics being cast out. It was a powerful night. And he's just standing there looking at this, wondering what's going on. Now he's participating in these things. And because of the testimony of the fact that he didn't want to go out to the, to the country, back to his village on weekends, but stay in the school atmosphere and in the church atmosphere, that drew the father. The father is now saved. The mother is now saved, Madhu Patel. He doesn't live in the village any longer. He lives close to the church. He's still the elder of the village. And he says, I want to bring down and destroy the filth of this village. Jesus is in the restoration business, my friends. 
He's in the transformation business. If it's good there in India, it's good here at CLC. That's the abounding. That's community restoration and life restoration and the plans to bring you hope and a future. Can you say praise the Lord? This is why we do what we do in India. We don't have to do this, Carol. We get to do this. Never in my wildest dreams at our family picnics at Uncle Carl's house did you ever think that Brenda and I would be doing this today. I was 20-something and now I'm only 38. But as long as I have breath in my lungs and blood flowing through my veins and strength to get up and to get going, I'm going to do this until Jesus calls me home. I'd rather burn out than rust out. And God's calling you tonight to be active for Him. That's what missions is all about. We thank Christian Life Center for responding to our needs. You see, it's that they remain free. www.thatthereymainfree.com Well, I just might get excited. I'm just getting warmed up. Are you with me? Pastor, I asked him how long we can go, and he said, as long as you want, but the people start leaving about 11 o'clock. <laughs> no, this is in India. All right, I'll be mindful of the first pitch at 8.15. Okay? Tonight could be the magic. Who knows? But let's talk about well, I don't want to say more important things, but yeah, this is more important than the Red Sox. Even though I grew up right here in Springfield and was disappointed my whole life until 2004, you know, there is hope. But we want to talk to you tonight about faith promise. Can we do that? And I think right in front of you, on your placemat, you see a faith promise card. Would you do me a favor and just kind of take that in your hand and, and, and th throughout these next few minutes, just hold it in your hand and just let the Holy Spirit speak to you about this. Now, Father, I pray for the captivity of your Holy Spirit to bring into submission every heart, every mind right now in Jesus' name. Let there be no distractions. Let there be no vibrations of a cell phone in this next half hour. Let there be no, Lord, I know that we've come in here and we're a needy people. We have problems. We have issues. We have circumstances. We've got health issues. We've got family issues. We've got work issues. And I pray in the name of Jesus in these next 30 minutes that we put all of that aside for a few minutes and begin to fine-tune our antennas to listen to you and to your Holy Spirit to, so that we can be obedient to what you'd have us to do in faith promise, in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is Faith Promise Sunday. I believe next to the birth celebration of Jesus Christ and the celebration of Easter, which is his resurrection, and the reason why we exist as a church. If he didn't take the keys of, of hell and death into his hands and raise up and come and be a hold of this, we wouldn't be even here tonight. Next to those two services, I believe this with all of my heart, that the third most sacred service we celebrate as a fellowship is this faith promise participation service. I believe this next half hour could change the destiny of your life. I believe the next half hour could alter the reward that you receive in eternity. I believe this next half hour could change the eternal destiny of one person because of your obedience. I believe that the eternal destinies of thousands of souls represented by all the missionaries that you faithfully support, that the eternal destiny of thousands will be affected by the decisions that you either make or don't make here tonight.
And the title of my short word for you is a half hour sooner. Stick with me. Are you with me? I promise to be finished when I'm done. You see, faith promise and missions is all about one thing. One thing. Souls. Souls. Hear this today from God's heart to my heart to your heart. Souls in the heavenly kingdom. You see, God has created us to have a relationship with Him. He longs to be worshipped by every tribe, by every nation, by every tongue, by every people. Revelation 5.9 And because he is not willing that any one perish. 2 Peter 3.9 The Father sent his Son. John 3.16 Hear the words of that precious memory verse we learned when we were little children. For God so loved you. You see, if there would have only been one person on this planet Earth, you've got to realize the heart of God. If there would have been only one person on this Earth, the Father would have still sent His Son, His only begotten Son, to die for you. And if we believe in Him, He will give us what? Everlasting life. Then Jesus walked on the very earth that He created, healing people, saving people, touching people with compassion, training leaders. And then He said, I must go so that I can prepare a place for you. So I must go. And if I go, who will come? The Comforter. Who is the Comforter? The Holy Spirit. A birdie tells me somebody preached on the Holy Spirit here this morning. Can I just continue on in that vein, please? The Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. And He will help you. He will give you wisdom. He will give you understanding. He will give you courage and boldness to witness and live. He will give you peace and He will comfort you. But remember this, Jesus said, if I go, I will return. And if you are faithful to do all that's written in my word and obey my commands, then I will gather you up. Hallelujah. And you will be with me forever and ever and ever and ever. You know, there are three things we get to do here as Christians on this earth. Number one, we get to worship the Lord. I love, to, I love the worship. I can tell a lot about a church, Pastor Joseph, in regards to their worship. I love to worship. Thank you. Thank you for such a great heart, all you young people. And especially that keyboard player and that drummer. Wow! I sense something special about those two guys. Is that what you wanted me to say? Oh. I know who they are. Isn't that precious? Raise up a child in the way that they should go. Those three little bundles of eternity that are somewhere now. Okay, with their coloring books. And there's, there's other ones here. That's important. But there's three things we get to do. We get to worship the Lord. Number two, we get to fellowship with one another. That's what we're doing here tonight. We're fellowshipping with one another. You'll have to have me come back so I can get to know this side just a little bit better, Pastor Joseph. But we love to fellowship. If you bring food, they will come. And... I'm sorry I got to so fellowshipping and gabbing I didn't get to eat. But, you know, that's the last thing I would have wanted is that meatball to come up if I'm up here getting anointed. But we get to fellowship with one another here on the earth. Don't you love it? That's the family of God. 
The love of God sharing freely, flowing from heart to heart. We get to fellowship with one another. And then number three, we get to lead people to Jesus Christ. We were talking about that. With our heads up and our eyes gazing the horizon, looking for people that need us. You have the answer, my friend. You've got the hope in your life and in your heart. And there are people that only you will come in contact with. That only you will have influence over. And if we don't have that heart of looking for people who need Jesus and need an encouraging word and need an empowering word and need a, a, an educating word, then what's the purpose as to why we exist? We need to lead people to Jesus Christ. We get to do those three things. But when we're in heaven, there's only two of those we get to do. We're going to worship the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know if we all will be standing. I don't know. I, I, I'll want to sit a little bit. But we're going to worship the Lord forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Worshiping Him. Praising Him. Being in the presence of something it's so hard for us to conceptualize. But we're going to worship the Lord forever. Secondly, we're going to fellowship with one another forever and ever and ever and ever. Now, if there's someone, this side of the Jordan, you're not quite feeling the warm, fuzzy loves for, but they're part of our fellowship or something, you better get it right on this side because you're going to be with them forever. Is that a plan? But there's one thing we're not going to get to do when we're in heaven, and that's lead people to Jesus Christ. So don't you think we better get busy doing the thing we have the least amount of time to do, and that's lead people to Jesus Christ? And that's what I'm talking about here tonight. Missions, stretching ourselves, going beyond. Going to be with Him forever. Everlasting life. Think about it. No more tears, no more suffering, no more pain, no more death, no more broken promises, no more sickness, no more heartache, just joy and peace and wholeness reigning with Him and worshiping Him forever and ever and ever. Don't you just want to go to heaven right now? But you can't. you got to occupy until He comes and calls you back. Staying busy for the Lord. Telling all that, uh, who are around you that will listen about what Jesus has done for you. For His last words to us were this. His last words as recorded in Acts was this. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised. For in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And it will give you power when it comes upon you so that you can be my witnesses here in Western Mass and there in the city and to the ends of the world. You will be my witnesses. And this means all who calls themselves a child of God, a blood-bought saint of Jesus Christ. For you are now ambassadors of Jesus Christ and His saving grace. In yourself you cannot do this. And that's why I have sent you the Holy Spirit, Jesus said. And He will empower you to be my witnesses to all of mankind. He brings to you the supernatural power to accomplish this. Spreading the word, sharing your faith is all about one thing, my friends. And what's that? Souls. Say it with me. Souls. Say it again. Souls in the kingdom of heaven. Peter preached in Acts chapter 4 verse 12. He said, salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. For there is coming a day. There is coming a day. When every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus 
Christ is Lord. Jesus. We sang about Him tonight. I haven't sung that song in a long time. I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord. That was wonderful. That was wonderful. Talking and telling people about Jesus, that name that is above every name. It's interesting. I think I have one here. Give me a second to find it. Please help me find it quickly, Lord. Where is it? You ask me, how can they be praying to Jesus? Because they have 330 million gods. And they'll say to us, okay, uncle, I'll pray to your Jesus. Give me a statue and I'll put them on my prayer shelf that my family prays to. And I'll pray to your Jesus as well. And we don't have statues. And so the only thing I have is like this little wooden kind of painting of Jesus. Remember the old Bibles we used to have with the pictures in them? And there was that picture in Revelation where it was, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, if any man hear my voice. And there was that picture in your little children's Bible. I remember it. Am I dating myself, Sue? Okay. Gary, am I dating myself? You remember that? Come on, someone kind of give me some props here. And here's that picture of Jesus, and he's standing at the door and he's knocking. Remember, there's no handle on this door because it has to be opened from the inside. Jesus doesn't force himself on anyone. And he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And it's got a little thing you can pull out to, you know, so it stands up. And so, so we gave this to one, one lady, Aliyama, one time. And she tells us this testimony. This is off script. Are you still with me? At 7 o'clock, i got plenty of time. She puts this picture of Jesus on her prayer shelf in her house. And the families all live together, you know, grandfather, everyone, the kids and everything. And so she, gets, she prays that night and she says, Jesus, if you are the one true God that Rajneesh says that you are, then show it, prove it. She gets up the next day and walks into the hall and, and there's her prayer shelf and all of the gods are knocked over and here's just this picture of Jesus on the little stand standing up. So she gathers all the little children and scolds them and says, you know, be careful here. You're going to anger the gods and, you know, we live in fear every day of, of, of getting the attention of, of gods and we live in fear every day of dying. So please don't get the attention of our gods on this. Be careful running around the house. And this went on for a period of days. Every day the same thing was taking place. So finally one night she, she sits there and says, All right, if you are the one true God that Rajneesh says that you are, prove it to me once and for all. She wakes up the next morning, comes out into the hall. This, here's an amazing part of this. All of the gods, the statues were on the floor broken into pieces. And the only thing on that prayer shelf was this picture of Jesus. And she said, she looked at him and called up Rajneesh and told him the story and says, all right, I'll serve your Jesus. Isn't that cool? No tears, no just as I am, no Roman road, just a supernatural encounter with the Holy Spirit of God proving that He is the one true God. That name that is above every name. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the soon coming King, the Lion of Judah, the bright and morning star. He's the Lamb that was slain. He is the awesome one. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Shammah. He's Jehovah Repha, our healer, my healer. He's Yeshua HaMashiach, the Savior of the world. Yeah. Glory to God. That's right. Give Him praise. If I wasn't saved, I'd get saved right now. 
I wouldn't want to miss out on one more blessing of what we've been talking and singing and enjoying and fellowshipping about. Jesus is on the throne and he's on the giving hand, my friends. In India, they celebrate over 180 festivals and holidays. It's amazing anything gets done. One of the festivals, they, holidays they celebrate is Rak Shabandhan. And it's kind of this, this uh, reminder to be aware of our true self. It really, what it means is that we should be soul conscious. The brothers uh, and the sisters exchange bracelets, whether they're leather or string or silver, if they have a little more money. And, and it's just kind of ironic, isn't it, Brenda? Here the brothers are selling the daughters in these brothel villages, but yet they celebrate Raksha Bandhan. And they put a little tilak on their forehead as a reminder that they need to be soul conscious. Well, you know, as Christians, we're to be soul conscious. I think you got that. And, and the Word of God says so, but there's a difference here between the two. The, the Hindus believe in self soul consciousness. As Christians, we believe in outward soul consciousness. Souls for the kingdom of God. Jesus said, I cannot get this done until, unless you help me get it done. So what did He say to us? He said, go ye. There are three ways that we can go ye to be a part of the Great Commission. Yes, you may break that down into other little subsets, but the three are this. We can go, yes, to a foreign land. Yes, I believe that. The DeRosiers, Dan and Alicia, in their ministry, with the media ministries, Brenda and I do. Any other missionaries here tonight? I don't think so. They're on your tables. We can go to a foreign land. We can pray. How many are the prayer warriors of Christian Life Center right here? See, prayer is important, friends. Prayer isn't preparation for the battle. It is the battle. You know, I've got to tell you this, and I've said this all along, and I mean this with all of my heart. I would rather have your prayers, Pastor Joseph, than your money. All the money in my double O account, that doesn't mean anything to you, but in my double O account in Springfield, Missouri, means nothing. What means something to me is our prayer card in your Bible, on your refrigerator, you praying for us. Because when we face those demonic forces and those spiritual issues and those family issues and those health issues and those language issues and those ministry issues and the hopelessness of being alone issues, and the desperation that we may feel. When we're facing those things, what's going to get us through that, my friends? Money? Don't need your money. I mean that. Oh, we need money to get things done and to fly and to accomplish some things, but I would rather have your prayers. What I love is that email that I get from someone saying, I was awakened last night at 2.30 and I prayed for you guys till 4 o'clock. Is everything okay? What gets us through those moments are the prayer support of our people and our friends. Prayer is an important thing, friends. Do not discount prayer. Thirdly, we can give. My grandfather, who was the first general secretary of the Assemblies of God, that may or may not mean anything to you, I don't know. But he was one of the founding fathers of the Assemblies of God. I think we have a picture, Gary, of, of Grandpa Flower there in, in that next slide. You see him there. I think that he's in India there and he's in Africa there. If any of you have taken the history of the AG, you'll know the name Noel Perkin. That's him to the left. And there's Grandpa with some uh, African brothers there. And here's what's really cool. I'm the youngest grandson in the flower family of that generation. And when Grandpa passed away in 1970, little Johnny, who said that? You're Johnny, right? Little Johnny inherited 
That pith helmet you see in that picture right there. There it is. Is that not cool? And I didn't know what to do with it all those years, but I kept it and protected it. But boy, it sure did mean something when I flip it over and I look inside and I see made in India. You see, God designs things from the beginning. He knows what He's endeavoring to do with our lives. This famous, with His sweat marks still in the leather band of Grandpa Flower. He used to say this. He said, he would, and it's written on the sixth floor there in the missions hall there where the, all the flags are in, in the blue Vatican there in Springfield. And some of you got that, okay? He used to say this, not everybody can go, but everybody can give. And everybody can pray and give again. Not everybody can go, but everybody can give. And everybody can pray and everybody can give again. And you see, the faith promise, my friends, is how we tangibly and actively support missions. So let me talk to you quickly about faith promise, what it is and what it's not. It's not primarily about money. It's about reaching the lost for Christ and making them followers. A faith promise never begins with money, begins with the heart. And it doesn't Focus exclusively on the believer's heart. Giving in faith is finding a special connection to God's heart. See, our, wor our lost world is God's passion as demonstrated on the cross. Our lost world is our mission. And the church that starts with prayer and a vision will find the faith to believe for the money. Faith promise is not about a one-time offering that you give from what you currently have in your wallet. Faith promise is not about your budget. I know pastor has been talking about this, and probably this is not the first time you've seen this faith promise card. And maybe you've been sitting there as a couple and talking about what we should be giving this year for faith promise missions. And there's an amount already in your mind that you've agreed on as a, as a family or as a team. I'm going to tell you right now, tear it up and throw it away. You see, faith promise is not something that you feel, honey, I feel comfortable about this amount right here. You know, we've got a new roof we've got to put on, and, and, and Johnny and, and Jane are going to college, and, and those tuitions are going up, and things are a little tight, and, and, you know, and I know I got that bonus from the company, but you know, I feel a lot more comfortable with just this amount right here. It's not something you feel comfortable about. Hear this today. If you're doing something that's practical and sensible and comfortable, and let me say this, comfortable people make convenient decisions. Not a response? Desperate people make desperate decisions. Is your heart on fire for the lost? If it is, then we need to be desperate for the Lord. Faith promise is about the miraculous, my friends. It's about the impossible. Hear this. It's about God accomplishing the supernatural in and through you as you step out of the boat. Do you know that you can give to missions even though you don't have any money? Kind of sounds like that home loan crisis we went through 10, 12 years ago, right? Buy a home with no money down kind of thing. But you can give to missions even though you don't have any money. If the Lord's been speaking to you tonight or through the week, getting in prepared for this and looking at your budgets and seeing things and kind of discussing it, if the Lord has been quickening your spirit by the words I'm sharing tonight, the Lord's been quickening you to you about an amount to give And you know it's of Him. And it's not the meatballs. And you know it's of Him, divinely imparted by the Holy Spirit of God. If He's given you an amount and He doesn't come through for you, you're off the hook. 
Is that a pretty good deal? I'm just telling you now. You're off the hook. But I've never, I have never, if you've heard from God and He's given you an amount and He doesn't come through, I've never known God to be a debtor to any man. I've never known anyone to say, I've stepped out in faith. I heard that. I sensed the quickening. I gave this amount. It, it seems crazy to me, but so be it. I've never known God to fall short in any way whatsoever. He's a debtor to no man. If you have heard from Him, He will provide. Is there an amen to that? Amen. Here is what faith promise is. It's a spiritual matter. That's why I said this is the most sacred service next to Christmas and Easter. It's a spiritual matter between the Holy Spirit we've been talking about, which is part of the distinctive of the assemblies of God. The Holy Spirit. It's the over and above. It says it right here on your faith promise card. As God enables. It's found money. It's miraculous. It's supernatural provision. It's the ram in the thicket. It's an inheritance you never expected. It's that insurance settlement you wrote off. It's going through the luggage and finding from great, great, great grandpa, uncle, aunt on my first side once removed this stash of Morgan silver dollars or something. We're talking supernatural provision, found stuff. It's a covenant, friends, between you and God. And all we ask you to do here, if you, if you look at this and you go, hey, if I fill this in, my name, address, and, and, and am I going to start getting emails and, and letters from the church asking me, hey, you know, uh, not for nothing, but you, know, you did turn in a faith promise and that was like six months ago and we haven't seen anything. How about it? You're not going to get, I don't believe, I don't think Pastor Joseph's going to do that to you and Carol. All this is, is a written covenant between you and God. We turn it into the pastor so the pastor and the leadership knows how to kind of branch out in faith. We believe in faith, not crazy faith, but we believe in faith. How can the leadership grow and learn to grow missions if they don't have some sort of a base number to go by? That's what that's for. The little piece on the left-hand side is a reminder to you to keep in your Bibles to keep on your refrigerator to remind you of the promise God made to you here tonight. And you are just obedient in filling it in. You see, faith is not our ability to count it done, but it's a deep consciousness that's divinely imparted by the Holy Spirit of God that the work is already done. Faith is not human effort, it's divine enablement. And a promise is an engagement to do. It's a covenant, it's a written agreement, and it's a free promise of God's blessing. And Jehovah is a covenant-keeping God. That's His nature. That's what Jehovah means. And God delights when His children demonstrate faith, for it gives Him a reason to honor and bless you. That Scripture verse I told you about in the beginning is Matthew 10, 41. Jesus said, and in my Bible it's read, and if it's read, what does that mean? Then that basic, I believe it. Say it again. Jesus, then I believe it. And that settles it. It's in red. And this is what it says in the Living Bible Translation. If you welcome a prophet or a missionary because he or she is a man or a woman of God, you will be given the same reward a prophet gets. I just got a little yes. Is that all I heard? That's pretty cool. Did you know that verse was in the Bible? You get the same reward, friends. Pastor said that in the beginning. He looked at my notes. He preached on the Holy Spirit this morning. He must have looked at my notes. You get the same reward, friends. Whether you actually go and do it and get accosted by TSA and customs and shots and 
diseases and deli belly and you don't have to experience all of that. You can, you can enjoy all of the fruits of that without having to go through all that anxiety. You will be given the same reward. If you're as faithful in giving as the missionary is in going, you receive the same reward. Man, if I could in these crazy pants that I'd jump up and click my heels, but I'm afraid they'd rip. That's pretty cool. You get the same reward, friend. Now, salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven. And how will people hear unless you actively participate? Will you be obedient to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you tonight? Pray, go, give. Maybe God's calling you. You feel that tug? Talk to us about that. But my main message to you tonight is this. And I'm compelled, Pastor. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, tonight's your night. I'm going to say that again. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior and Lord, Tonight is your night. Do not leave without talking to a pastor or one of us. We'd love to pray with you. But if you do know Jesus, then remember you have placed, been placed in this moment of history for a time such as this tonight. An ordained night. So advance the kingdom of Christ as a faithful ambassador. Will you? while there is still time. But I sense an urgency. I feel that tonight. We are living in highly prophetic times. And I hear the revelation rumblings now. Wars, rumors of wars. I know we're in a little period of of kind of freedom here where, where God is allowing the gospel to be be free again in the United States. There's an openness again. It was trying to be taken away from us, but now there's a little bit of an opening, and that's giving us some freedom. The restrictions are being lifted. We're able to share a little bit more about Jesus without worrying. We're able to travel the world a little bit better to be able to get the message out. I I feel we're in a little opening, but the time is short. For there's unrest and there's famines and there's droughts and there's severe weather. There's earthquakes. The U.S. Geological Survey reports that earthquakes of 6.5 magnitude and greater, which are the damaging earthquakes, have increased tenfold since 1997. The super volcano of Yellowstone is rumbling now. You guys look at the news and you see this. They warn us that if that thing erupts, not only will it be catastrophic for that area of the country, but it'll drop 10 inches of ash on the whole country. And that'll gridlock us. There's that worry of an EMP being set off in our atmosphere. Electromagnetic pulse bomb that'll disable all of our electronics and electricity and our whole grid and, and force us back into the dark ages. I'm not here to be a fear monger, but I'm here to to be a son of Issachar who understood the times. Jesus talks to us in Matthew 16. He says, you know how to read the sky and the weather, but you don't even know how to interpret the times. We know that saying here in New England, red sky tonight, sailor's delight, red sky in the morning, don't go out in your boat. We know all that stuff, but all this other stuff we need a sensitivity to. The time is short. Be dressed and ready for service. Keep your lamps burning. Watchfulness with your eyes. Heavenward, waiting for the Master, for He will return at an unexpected hour. 
Much will be required of you on that day the Master returns. Be always on the watch, He unbundles to us in Luke chapter 12. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with the anxieties of life. And don't let that day close in upon you unexpectedly. Be always on the watch and pray. I believe Jesus now stands in the battlements of glory. His face turned back to the Father, waiting for Him to give the word. The voice of the archangel, the shout like a trumpet call, a command, come up hither. This kurta drops to the floor. The shoes will be empty. The rings and the necklaces and all the other stuff will drop to the floor. We're talking about his imminent return, friends. And as I just read, he's coming back, but only for those who are looking for him. Now I'm one of you guys, born and raised right here in Springfield, Mass. 